0: Welcome to the Bridge of Two podcast. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to the Bridge of Two podcast. Three welcomes this time. Right. Three times the welcome. Because this is episode three... Dot, dot question, question mark, mark? <laughs> we don't know maybe <laughs> uh, yes so we're back on the bridge Two podcast and i'm your host josh and i'm your other host jeremiah all right our last names remain secrets <laughs> the last episode don't forget the red rosy cheeks oh yes <laughs> do forget that <laughs> So, yeah, welcome to the Bridge of Two podcast. This is where we bridge the sci-fi and fantasy realms we love into a nerdcast of epic proportions. Ooh. Well, welcome back. We are here to talk about uh, what we've been uh, getting into this week as far as sci-fi and fantasy stuff and... um got some fun topics to cover hopefully we have some coffee in our mugs we do we there thought we should share with you there's coffee it
1: is starbucks brand coffee hey that i got from cvs about i like starbucks
0: two hours ago all right it's fresh it's a fresh well batch
1: i mean sure it was on sale so the the reason i got it oh
0: so close to expiration maybe <laughs> just kidding
1: it'll get used anyway that's right
0: <laughs> i'm using mine my- as long as it keeps us awake I have mine in my copper-lined coffee mug. Ooh. What does that look like? Is that anything to uh, describe on there? White
1: with some black dots and oh, some speckles. copper coffee. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it could be seen as like a... It could be like a like the galaxy, but instead of it being uh, black with inverted. white stars, it's white with black stars. That's how
0: people that see inverted <laughs> see the galaxy. <laughs> Are there
1: people that see inverted?
0: <laughs> um, of course. <laughs> anyway. I was going to say it looks like it could be like... A gumball, not a gumball, a jawbreaker, that's what I was thinking.
1: It could be a jawbreaker, that's, that's yes. true.
0: Don't, you could definitely break your jaw on it. You a, could break your
1: jaw on it, that is, that, is act, <laughs> that is true.
0: To keep with at least one of us having a Harry Potter mug every single podcast, I have a Ravenclaw mug. And it says wise. Because for those of you who don't know, in the Harry Potter school of wizardry, the Ravenclaw house is a, a wise house. Just real quick, what? I don't think people see inverted colors. Did, what, did you Google it? I did Google. it. Did you it. fact check me? I fact checked you. You, and you never wrong. You never fact <laughs> checked. So wait, there's literally somebody asking if, if There literally was someone
1: asking, and people were like, "What if the cones I was were?" More like, a, I think it was more of a theoretical. They're asking
0: if is it possible? Yeah, the question oh. was, "What if the cones were like
1: flipped?" Well, no. If someone is born and saw all colors inverted, would they be able to tell that other that the others see the color as vastly different?
0: Right, they would be like, "Oh, that's red," and they but now they get into like we wouldn't know what they see is actually inverted red, whatever <laughs> blue that'd be blue. This is a uh, important topic. We need to stay. I'm sorry, on. I'm sorry, I'm curious least- now because now
1: now, now I'm looking at things <laughs> of people who can like distinguish. There are people who can actually see more colors than usual people, like normal people,
0: they can as see well like,
1: as like almost like reverse color blindness.
0: Oh, like overload
1: to an extent where like a. Uh, Like we see us, we technically see a specific set of colors, right? Don't ask me the science of panic, because I don't know it. But there are actually people who can like so like we see red, right? And I see like I see your hat and it's red. Well, they could see your hat and see a red, but like a different tinge of red, almost like they're seeing another color
0: on my hat, on your hat. Um, I'm wearing a hat right now. Me and you can
1: see the same color, but then this other person can technically see possibly see more colors than us might see the more to that color. I think that's kind of what... Did
0: what's... you Did you know that I am partially colorblind?
1: Are you? Did you see the picture that was sent?
0: I did, yes. Our family group chat, someone sent a picture, and it looks just like speckles. Like Not
1: it... only someone who sent the picture, I'm pretty sure he is also colorblind.
0: Oh, wait. It was well, his wife. It was, David's uh, the one who sent it, though. Oh, he did? Yeah, because oh, okay. his, his wife oh, said that okay. he was... She told and he was he like, he was there saying. are no words on this picture. <laughs> it, it says, apparently... Did you really, could you really not read it? My wife underlined all the words and I could not. I tried so hard because I thought maybe I'm just like, well, I tried so hard and I also like tried to relax because I thought maybe I'm just like looking too hard and it's just right there. Because there are some of those I've seen where they're like, if you're colorblind, you can't see this and I can kind of see it because I'm not colorblind. It's just like red and green sometimes are really hard to distinguish. And I guess there's some other stuff there because obviously I could not read that. And now my wife said she could read it faintly, so it obviously was... I mean, yeah, those faint. those type you of... You could read
1: it? Yeah, faintly. Those those type of oh tests word. in themselves are already, like, dif- they're difficult even for people who aren't colorblind. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I could read it, but it I took me a minute to, it. like, read it. I know? could
0: not make out any letter. I was like, there's a letter there? She's like, yeah, there's a W, and it's like, looks just like speckles. Like That's wow. weird. That's interesting. Yeah. You freak.
1: No, I'm just I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Uh that's okay. But we're way off
0: topic. <laughs> we uh Well, I was just gonna try to justify it because in Warbreaker isn't the the magic system based on colors in that It is. Still such a cool Which I haven't system. read. You need so to read
1: that. That one's a good one. I know, I
0: need to read. And so he many needs
1: things. to make number two. The magic system of that is just super I know it's on his list. Like a lot of things. Super interesting.
0: But um yeah, so what have you been? What have you been doing this week? When you've had time to break away from school and
1: I actually had a little bit more time this time uh, this week because this is my off weekend for both school and work. So I and I just I had a single test and and I didn't have to do any studying any other studying really. Um, so I got a little more time. I played. I beat another world in Birth by Sleep with Ventus, um, but that was like that was a bit ago. I remember what world? What world was it? Oh, uh, it was. Uh, Radiant Garden. I beat Radiant Garden Ooh. with Ventus.
0: Wow. Um, or I almost beat it. I need to play that. It is a I'm, good like, one. I'm super into Kingdom Hearts now because, anyway, <laughs> it is a it is a good one. Um,
1: other than that, though, I played. I've been playing a little bit more Mass Effect. Okay. For the the remaster they did, mm-hmm. uh, still on one. I'm assuming. still play, I mean, I've barely played it, so yeah. Uh-huh. I just beat a side mission on it, stopping an asteroid from destroying a planet. It was pretty fun.
0: Nice. That's Stephanie. Stephanie
1: looked intrigued, so maybe she'll try it. <laughs>
0: a good game. That's not so really Just good. Just very game. good story-driven game. I mean, you know, that's the, I think that's why it's so easy to come back to. It's, it feels like you're, you know, like, it's like when you have a movie you like watching because you like seeing the story unfold. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why that game I think is easy to come back to because it's like, well done story. And-, and the gameplay mechanics are good, especially in,
1: in Mass Effect 2. Oh, yeah. I mean, the gameplay mechanics are... I mean, the one is kind of clunky, playing through it again. It's reminding me of how clunky it is. Yeah. But I remember two being, like, pretty phenomenal as far as gameplay goes.
0: Yeah. Two so, is, I'm excited
1: to get back into that. Two is
0: really good. And I loved in two how better than probably the rest, the, than, the, than one or three, in two, your involvement with as far as, like, side missions and uh, loyalty with your crew really impacts the end of the game. Yes. Big time.
1: Well, that's what's so cool about survives, that game. Who survives, who doesn't. Is, uh, is an all, even in one. I mean, you how you interact with your companions determines what's going to, like, their are companions that depending on what you do with them, depending on what happens to them, they won't be in the second game.
0: Yeah. Ex- or yeah, right.
1: if you, or they will be in the second game, depending on, you know, what, yeah. whatever you choose. Like, this is or they games.
0: will, and they'll just like, they, they may not like you. Yeah. You like know. It's,
1: that, that game was, yeah. bio, that was back in Bioware's prime, man. That's they the came peak, out with that. Peak came,
0: Bioware, yeah. Dragon
1: Age, I think, came out either around that time or before that time dragon age one Origins. there was
0: some overlap i think
1: um and then before that you had knights of the old republic i mean that was like yeah. prime bioware um don't know what happened to him right andromeda now, but... i don't know
0: yeah uh, i mean i yeah I, I bought andromeda there was a lot of stuff with that the mass effect andromeda um it was
1: enjoyable but i it, did not wise, play through the whole thing i haven't i haven't um, beaten it either
0: yeah. I, it just it's just
1: going from like the Mass Effect trilogy, which is yeah. like so story driven, so good, so I just so such a good story, to going to Andromeda. It
0: was just like it was a fun game. It sidestepped but, you know, it sidesteps so much. Like those games were so much about the impact of your character in the world. And it kind of sidestepped all that impact of yeah. that character because they there was some con- the way it ended was controversial and um so, I think they wanted to avoid that, and they probably just wanted to just start – try to see if we can start fresh. I think the yeah. premise was interesting.
1: It, no, definitely like, interesting Like these, these, like,
0: uh, generation ships that have been, like – were, like, launched however many years ago, and they're they're just about to get to their destination, and then something happens, and there's, everything gets thrown into disarray. But um, just from what I played, the cast of characters wasn't really strong. They weren't really compelling. Yeah, like they were in uh, the original, original tr- trilogy. But anyway, I think they're they're making another one. They just re- recently announced another Mass Effect game.
1: It wouldn't surprise me. They're I mean, they already have Dragon Age four announced as well. Okay, which I am I am a Dragon Age fan, so I'm excited about that. I did like Inquisition. Mm. Um,
0: yeah, that, I like that one.
1: It's a good game. My wife also enjoyed it. Enjoyed watching me play a little bit of it. So okay. that might be a game I'd go through with her, or something like that. Cool. Um, I wish. They need more co-op games. Which brings me to my next the next game I've played. I started playing uh, or just recently released was a uh, the new Dark Alliance game, the Boulder's Gate Dark Alliance.
0: Yeah, um, it's like a D- it's like based on D and D or
1: yeah, it's like it takes place in the world of D and D Forgotten Realms with uh-huh. like Drizzt and all that. Um, it's a base originally the Dark Alliance. I think it was a shoot off of the Boulder's Gate games, like uh-huh. the original Boulder's Gate one and two. Um, but they did it in a different type of like gameplay style. So instead of it being like a CRPG where it's very tactical and Mm. you're whatever, it's more of an action RPG. Right. Where it's kind of hacky slashy and, and loot drop. Um, I grew up, I mean, I still have fond memories of watching my dad and brother play the original Dark Alliance game, um, before I was even old enough to really play. Wow. Um, and then cool. growing up and, and playing it, yeah, you know, and even now I played it not, I even played it not, I had bought it for my PS2 and played it like last year
0: mm. and, uh, they did re-release it, but the original,
1: yeah, but okay. for far too much money, it's like $30 and it's, oh, not wow. even, it's not even much of like a, it's not even like a, like a remaster or anything. They just made the graphics a little bit better. I don't know. I'll get it when it goes on sale, but yeah. So I got the sec, the, the, the new one, dark Alliance 2021, mm. um, fun it's a it's a a fun game they got it's got some problems and a lot of people are not too happy with it and i I understand why um especially for dark or dungeons and dragons game which are mostly very story driven this one's not as story driven or not like it's got story but
0: it's not as like well you told me that it was more you're like kind of a little more on rails like it's not it's not very open world it's it's definitely not open
1: world at all it's actually you have a main hub and then you go to a map and you pick a level it's basically oh, wow. like a
0: dungeon, and then it sends you to that dungeon. You go through the dungeon, then you go back to the main hub. It's like classic D and D. Like I mean, like I just something I heard when I was you know preparing for DMing and stuff was that like D and D used to be literally you start in front of a dungeon and mm-hmm. then you just go in the dungeon. You know, not mm-hmm. all the in between, and it wasn't just about much about character development and stuff. Whereas it is now, it's definitely more about that for sure. So. But it's fu- it's a
1: fun game. I mean, it follows. I love the characters. It takes place in Icewind Dale, which from our D D that we were doing, our D game that I was DMing for before I went to school took place in Icewind Dale. Um, but this game takes place. For those who have read any of Ari Salvatore's Drizzt books, mm. it's his second, technically his first trilogy, the first introduction to Drizzt, but it's the second Drizzt trilogy, right. the Icewind Dale trilogy takes place like 60 years after that series follows the same characters drizzet wolfgar Bruiner, the dwarf and then caddy brie okay. um and those are the characters you play as well my main my main grab with right now though is for a game that is so heavily 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 co-op oriented i mean it literally is like you there's it's a party of four yeah it's they don't D&D. have they don't have any local co op. It's only multi- yeah. online multiplayer, and that That's is upsetting true. because I would love my my even my wife was watching me play it, and she was just like, "This seems like a fun game." And I was like, "Well, you're all going to play." It. She's like, "I'd only play it if I could play it with you."
0: Buy another PlayStation and get another TV, and then network them together, and then boom. I am I mean, an EMT.
1: I do not make that much. money. I mean, why you know <laughs> it's
0: so simple, Jeremiah. Uh, all you I, have to yeah, do. You're right. you're right. I mean, you could have this. So.
1: <laughs> but uh i should but uh but yeah so that's my main that's my main complaint otherwise it's fun i'm enjoy. i am actually been enjoying it it's it's you know i've only played a few it's a nice game to especially right now when i don't have a lot of time to just kind of come home if i want to relax for a minute just turn it on it's like each dungeon can be 30 minutes to an hour depending on what you're doing
0: okay yeah
1: go and defeat one get some new items level up and then yeah you know be on my way and go do something else so i've been playing a little bit this weekend
0: do you have any cool like you know how in D and D you can get these really random magic items for obscure, then you can use them in creative obscure ways. Is there anything like that in there, or is it just more combat oriented? Not that I've no-
1: I noticed so far. It seems more just combat more RPG combat. You don't oriented. have like a mm-hmm.
0: portable hole or whatever, whatever it's called. What? <laughs> There's an item. It's called. I'm sure I'm I'm slightly off on what it's called, but it's like a it's like a a piece of cloth that you unfold and you can just throw it and it can just make a hole. It'll just be like a hole in the wall. I think it's called a portable hole. Could you please look it up?
1: I, that sounds like such a homebrew thing, but I'll look <laughs> it up. That sounds hilarious. It's in
0: the Dungeon Masters guy.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, well, I want... Please look
0: it up because I feel weird I will just have you hole. know
1: that my character in our D&D game now wants a portable hole.
0: <laughs> well, I do plan on distributing some interesting magic items um, throughout the world if you guys are... You know, is it it there?
1: Portable hole. This fine black cloth, soft as silk, is folded up to the dimensions of a handkerchief. It unfolds into a circular sheet six feet in diameter. You can use an action to unfold a portable hole and place it on or against a solid surface whereupon the portable hole creates an extra dimensional hole ten feet deep.
0: Wait a minute. So it sounds like it's, it sounds like it's not.
1: Listen to this. You can use an action to close the portable hole by taking hold of the edges of the cloth and folding it up. Folding a cloth closes the hole, and any creatures or objects within remain in the extra-dimensional space. The like, whole, no matter what's in it, the hole weighs next to nothing. I want one, <laughs> and I'm kidnapping people in it.
0: <laughs> you just like you just—it's literally like a purse for—it's literally a purse for uh, like putting people in. I mean, you know, for good purposes. I I want one. Okay, I'll I'll try.
1: Well, placing see. a portable hole inside an extra mental we'll space see.
0: created by a bag of holding, or
1: something, instantly destroys both items and opens a gate to the astral plane. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, don't don't go read about the oh, what's it? No, there's a bag of holding, and then there's another one. Bag of devouring.
1: That sounds. Like, that sounds like a mimic in disguise. It look
0: it's it's basically it's a creature, and it looks like a bag of holding. <laughs> I'm not even gonna tell you anymore about better
1: it. Not. I swear, if you give uh, us, oh.
0: I've been very tempted. There's also like there's like cursed armor and stuff. Like mm-hmm. so, you could be like it, this armor, and it's like the armor actually it gives you good some good qualities, but then. Like so, you say, "Oh, I want to be invulnerable to these two types of damage, but then because it's cursed, you'll become vul- vulnerable to the other types of damage you didn't pick."
1: There's a, and then
0: even if you take it off, you're still vulnerable to it. There was one <laughs>
1: cursed items are so interesting. There was one where in in one of the podcasts listened to on the D D podcast, um, they fought a mithril dragon, right? Okay, and they defeated it and it dropped a piece of mithril armor
0: okay the players so almost put it on uh-huh they inspected um, it first
1: they i don't remember they just i don't remember they didn't because of how the dm was wording things because the dm was just oh. like oh well when you look at it it looks your size when you look at it it looks your size They're like this is, oh this, is this seems
0: too weird yeah but if
1: they had put it on what they would what would have happened is basically it would have i think they would have maybe had to make a, a wisdom saving throw or something i can't remember <laughs> but it would have turned into a mithril dragon so uh, that's what uh, uh, happened—the mithril dragon. Was it would so, turn them into one. Yeah, or? because the guy, the original owner, of the <laughs> who doesn't army, want to be a
0: mithril dragon.
1: When you have no mind. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it has you have no mind. It it, it, it actually came up later on in the story. It was pretty interesting, but uh, that was pretty funny.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing about those about in items, uh, magical items in D anD D. You can't tell what they can do in most cases unless you attune them. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to like, but if you attune it and it's cursed. <laughs> then you're your, your, yeah <laughs> you get the curse so um yeah that's something i want to spend more time with but magic
1: items are fun but yeah so that's pretty much what i've been doing okay. um i i'm gonna start doing audiobooks again since i can't really i don't have a lot of time to just read and but i want right. to there's a lot of books i want to read red rising is a i didn't realize it was a sci-fi book but it's a sci-fi book um that yeah. i want to check out i listen to a YouTuber talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Green was talking about it. Okay. Um, it sounds interesting, so I want to check it out, plus a couple other books. Um, what I did start today, just because my dad owns it, so I was able to pull it up and listen to it, and I've listened to it a couple different times before, but... I know, have you ever heard of the Star Wars radio drama? From, like, the 80s? I think so. I, I think it aired a on A friend the radio.
0: of mine from work sent it to me, and I started listening to it. I mean, I didn't get that far into it, but I what I heard was really good. And it was like, Luke, were you listening to episode episode Mm -hmm. four? Mm -hmm. Like Luke was like, he's talking to his friends. They're about to like go off and join the Academy, right? Yeah. It was back in
1: produced in 1981. Yes.
0: So I, I have heard some of that. You've heard it before?
1: Yeah, so I've listened to the I've listened to the whole thing multiple times. Oh wow, it's like six hours long. Basically, it's just episode four, at least the first one. It goes through all all three. Movies. But then it's
0: got it starts a little before episode four, which I thought was yes, cool. So
1: what's so cool about it is that basically it's just an extended, it's extended radio drama. Right. Um. So it's a dramatized a radio dramatization of of episode. The mid the original one episode four that has episode five and six but they're not as long okay but of episode four and yeah it start I mean they they add more it's more than just a story like you so you have a whole I think like the first hour and a half takes place before episode four starts right in the movies the- but yeah it just it just adds a lot more so it's fun it's and you just think star Wars is what episode four is two hours and some yeah. minutes this is six hours yeah now there's obviously like an intro to each it's, it's episodes right. so there's an intro to each episode and there's an outro to each episode so you know knock out that much time but now like they're adding a lot like like you said there is a whole i'm on the second episode right now of it
0: and mm-hmm. each episode is about 30 <clears throat> minutes um it's good. we haven't even gotten to yeah and because it's episodic like that and they're short it's very it, easy it's very easy to listen to because mm-hmm. it like pulls you along and um, you're like at the end of every mm-hmm. section you're like oh what's gonna happen yeah <laughs> you know? so it's
1: it's super cool so. i would i would recommend and it's and it's done in like it's not like an audiobook where like someone's just talking in a
0: right a, the sound tone voice
1: it's like they got sound effects they got music they got voice i think the voice acting is great i think mark hamill was literally in it at one point maybe yeah radio drama lead cast mark hamill anthony daniels who also did c-3po
0: Oh, is he actually... Williams is in it. Is Mark Hamill actually voicing Luke?
1: I think in the first one he is. I don't know about the other ones, but I think in the first one specifically, he is actually okay. voicing Luke. Because
0: I was listening to it, and I was like, man, this guy sounds like Luke. They This guy's doing a really good job. <laughs> I don't know if it was really Luke, or... Because I listened to a few episodes, so it's possible that you know, they switched over to someone else, but everything... I, all the voice acting I heard was really good, and really very atmospheric, made it sound like you were there. You
1: yeah, know? so it looks like just uh, a new hope and empire strikes back hat like mark hamill is playing luke skywalker okay the return of the king is switches
0: Return of the king
1: not return of the king i'm sorry Return of the jedi, return of the jedi. i mean you know um same thing
0: they're the king you know
1: <laughs> um jedi king. anthony or uh yeah anthony daniels he's the original c 3 po correct yeah oh yeah yeah he is in all he's three. in everything but yeah anyway so yeah i mean the episode the episode four radio drama is five hours and 56 minutes Okay. So I mean imagine all that extra yeah. stuff. So if you are a stars fan, you never listen to it.
0: Yeah, I mean. Give it a give it a if go. You're like,
1: it's 13 split up into 13 parts. It, and it's
0: quality stuff. It's not like, you know, it's I think I think they I think the radio oh. drama was Forgive me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was based on like the, sc- the, tr- the the script or the maybe not the script, the screenplay, whatever it is, whatever the thing is that it's like usually a lot more, and then they cut it down and stuff like that. Like that, like that's what the novelizations are usually based on. Yeah, so, there's- so sometimes there's stuff in the novels that don't <laughs> make it into the movie because you know they cut stuff out of the movie, but. It's like basically stuff that is, you, I don't know if you say canon, but it's stuff that was a part of like George Lucas's intention. Yeah. So it know? says
1: here, so, so Brian Daly is the writer and it says, Daly adopt, uh, adapted the script partly using material from earlier drafts of Lucas scripts and restored several scenes cut from the final draft of the film, as well as adding original new scenes created specifically Ooh. for the audio version.
0: Okay. So a mixture of that. So like the for the
1: narrative of the first two episodes takes place entirely before the opening scene of the 1977 film.
0: Yep. Yep. And I think it's definitely, it definitely the way it sets up what happened, the, the events that are about to happen for episode four. It's it's much, it's it's very interesting because it foreshadows, you know, the problems. Uh, foreshadows that was it Wedge or whoever comes in, and it's not Wedge, Biggs. it's uh, Biggs. Biggs Today is tattooing. talking to him, and he's like, you know, I'm joining the rebellion, and you should come too. And the Empire is, you know is got his, you know, boot on our necks and all that sort of thing. And there's much less of that. Like Luke, in if you're just watching the movie, it, Luke's kind of thrust into it. But the just the way the – like he's thought about joining the Academy, but as far as like joining the Rebellion, he's kind of thrust into it. And then Yeah. It, but in the radio drama, he, it kind of gives him a little bit to think about before he actually gets the opportunity, yeah. you know, to, to step into it. So it's definitely interesting.
1: But yeah. So give it a listen. I don't know where you can really find it now. Like I said, my dad had bought it. Like I had ago. it on YouTube.
0: I found it on YouTube. I can't find
1: it on YouTube. I, yeah, have like, on, I currently have full it on thing Audible. on YouTube. Um, I have it on Audible right now. That's what I'm listening okay. to it on at least. So probably look, you can look on Amazon and probably find it. Maybe um, got an a- Audible credit. It's good. It's some yeah. good stuff. So I should give it, give it a listen. But that's pretty much what I've been doing this week. Cool. These past two weeks. Not much. Um, hopefully you can get some more like re- like audiobook reading yeah. in coming
0: up. Yeah. I need to as well. So... Were you done? I didn't want to. Yeah, no, that's on. pretty okay. much it for me. The main thing I have, I mean, I I am caught up on, we don't have to talk much about the Bad Batch.
1: I'm not caught up on the last two episodes. Okay, so, so I
0: saw the, not the m- most recent, but I saw the one before that. Um, and it was good. I'll just say that. So um, maybe we can, once like the, once the, we get a few more episodes in, Mm -hmm. we could like talk about them so that we aren't spoiling anything. That's like just come out or whatever. (laughs) Sounds good. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so I watched that. Um, I did watch the first episode of Loki, which,
1: how, how was it? I haven't watched
0: it yet. So I had like a mixed feelings for most of it and I don't know exactly why, but I was just, I feel like I was hypercritical, when I was watching it, um, you know, it starts, the premise is interesting, you know, it starts from that moment, which I think everybody's brains, when you're watching um, the second, so in Endgame, Avengers Endgame, so the sequel to Infinity War, in that movie, they're trying to get the Infinity Stones so that they can try and snap everybody back. Mm-hmm. And they're having to go into different points in time. So, they, one point in time they go is during the events of the first Avengers movie. So, right after Loki has been uh, put in handcuffs, basically, at the end of the events of the first Avengers movie, they're trying to steal the cube, the blue cube called the Tesseract. Tesseract. Yeah, that's actually like, I think it's the Space Stone because it lets you like pe- teleport. So, like in this, tu- there's like a tussle happens with um, you have seen the movie, though, right? Yeah, I've seen okay. all of them. Yeah. So if you remember, um, like Hulk is like freak throwing a tantrum because he had to take the stairs, and he like knocks Tony Stark down, future Tony Stark who's carrying the cube, and it goes, it just happens to fall right at Loki's feet. So Loki's just like looking around, like, does anyone notice this? No. Okay. He picks it up, disappears, and that's in the movie. And of course, my brain and probably a lot of people's brains, like, so Loki just disappeared in that point in time. So, they took that and they branched it off into a show about what happens from that moment. That's where it starts off with him, like, just popping up into a desert. He lands in a desert in Mongolia or something. And immediately, he's arrested by time variant authority. There's this outside of time authority structure that basically makes sure the timeline doesn't veer off into multiple directions. Um, Gosh, that'd be a stressful job. Yeah, it's, fu- it's fun. So, like, there's 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 good humor in it, and not – because I don't want to recap the whole episode, but there's good humor in it. Um, it's interesting how it delves into that. Uh, it delves into the concept of, like, time variation, timeline variation, and, and, and how it's a big deal in the Marvel uh, world. Um, it felt like they were – it felt a little slim. So, like, just didn't feel like there were a ton of people in it. And I almost wondered – I don't know when it was filmed. I almost wondered if it was filmed during the pandemic and maybe there was – they like literally were trying not to have too many people on set. That's
1: actually a possibility. I didn't think about that. Because
0: it just felt super empty. A lot of scenes felt super empty and like not a lot was going on. And then whenever like at one point uh, Owen Wilson is in it, by the way. He's a part – he's like a detective, time variant detective. And he's like grilling – Loki, and he's basically trying to get Loki to like realize. I guess spoiler warning if you if you haven't seen the show yet, but it's I think a few episodes, and I'm way behind. So, um, but he's trying to get Loki to basically face that he's a bad, he's a villain, and he's and, and he doesn't, he's not really worthy of the like, obedience, and, like, he wants to be a god, and he wants people to – he wants to rule, and he's not really worthy of that, and he's trying to get Loki to kind of own up to that, realize that. So, he's, like, showing him stuff from his past, like, where he screwed up, Mm -hmm. and where he messed up, and then even at one point, like, you know, he got 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 his mom killed, basically, in the second Thor movie. Mm -hmm. But – and all that, like, I I appreciate that, but those scenes where it's happening, it just felt like – a little dry, like much, not much was like, we're just sitting in a room with Loki and he's just like being shown all these scenes and yeah. stuff. I don't know. That's how I felt at that moment. As it went on, I actually felt a little more drawn in and the, where it ended was really interesting. Um, where the episode ended was really interesting kind of, so, you know, it's, I think it's definitely worth a watch to see, especially getting to the end of the episode if you feel like watching another one. Um, but I'm still, you know, I'm still not sure yet. I've heard from other people, they're like, this is the best Marvel show so far, and I think they've all watched, you know, I think like two th- two more episodes already, so, or maybe three. Um, no,
1: Steph and I will definitely watch it. Oh, we want to. Yeah. I
0: I could see people bouncing off of it, you know. I
1: don't know. Steph and I will give it a try just to give it a try. I still haven't watched many of their other, like, I haven't watched WandaVision at all. Oh, okay. I haven't watched, I watched like two episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, I just haven't, like I said, I'm not the biggest Marvel guy. Right. I was, you know, a little bit like I have read some these amount of their comic books, mainly Spider-Man stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I'm just not the biggest Marvel guy. I'm yeah. more of a DC fan and I'm sure that will rile some people up, but. Mm-hmm. Always been more of a. I'm Room a for both. I'm a Batman guy.
0: I like both. Um. Oh, I like both. Know.
1: I just always tend to lean. I like the stories of DC more. Yeah. Um, they were, most of them tended to be a little bit darker.
0: Yeah. DC is more. A little, little, yeah, definitely less lighthearted in general. Well, so that's that's so that was Loki. I don't know if I, I like, you know, we don't. I don't know if we'll talk about it every week or whatever. But something I watched, sort of sci-fi fantasy. Um, and then I finished Kingdom Hearts three. Mm. Just um, the original game, though, right now
1: not the DLC yet. No,
0: I've not done the DLC. I do want to do the DLC, and you know maybe you know, at some point we could do that and talk about it. Well, that'd be um, fun because I haven't played the DLC either. Maybe we yeah. play through it together and talk about it. Yeah. That'd be fun. Um, I may, it might save, maybe save my, uh, like a ton of my thoughts, like not, not go too in depth because I feel like maybe we could do like a whole episode on Kingdom Hearts. Yeah.
1: I'm sure we'll end up doing. And
0: my more. daughter once will at some point be a part maybe of that episode because <laughs> she loves Kingdom Hearts and, um, you know, she. I'm sure has some thoughts on it. <laughs> she, <would share. laughs> she actually is. Pl- she actually p- was playing it. Really? Uh, I okay. So I was playing yesterday. I was playing because I was like, I found out that if you the lucky emblems that like look like Mickey Mouse, mm-hmm. and you take pictures of them um, in the different worlds, I've re- i found out that if you find all ninety, you, know, you just gotta find all ninety in the all, whole game. All,
1: only all ninety.
0: You'll get Oathbringer. Well, and. That's awesome. and Oh, and, and like Oathbringer. If you have Oathbringer, it gives you know how the key, the key. If you if you have a different key, it gives you different form changes. Mm-hmm. And so it'll give you I'm, the form change. I don't remember what it was, but it's. I would imagine it's going to be a nostalgic form change. So I would hope so. I I want to get Oathbringer. I want Oblivion's in there too, but you have to beat the game on critical. I think sounds Which like a good challenge.
1: S- uh, definitely
0: sounds doable. Uh, the The final boss fight would probably be brutal. On critical? I remember people saying
1: at least when it first came out, they might they might have fixed it with updates. But when it first came out, people were actually upset because critical wasn't that hard. I think they i I think they adjusted it or there wasn't a critical. I can't remember which one. It mm, was. Yeah, I think so you right. My, my friend my friend tell me about it. The fact that like it was just too he
0: enjoyed the game, but it was a little bit too easy. He's th- one of those games he likes it, hard. Yeah, I definitely played it on normal because I'm like I do want a challenge. But at the same point, whenever you sit down, especially when you're older, you have family stuff. When you sit down to play a game. You want to get somewhere, yeah. You don't want to just be a, like banging your head against. You don't. You don't want to be playing Dark Souls, right? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, Dark Souls is uh, not going to be a game i been able to play through in a, for a long time. Um, Fun game though. Uh, but but um. Anyway, so Ellie was watching me play because I'm like, I'm going to try to find these lucky em- emblems, and she always she would sit by me and she would like tap the a. She would like, can I help you fight enemies? And she just mashed the a button because <laughs> you can do that in Kingdom mm-hmm. Hearts Three um and so i started teaching her like okay if you press this you press Y when you see this pop up and this button does this but this button jumps and she's like can i try i was like sure you know i've beaten the game i'm not trying to like beat the game at this point so i just hand her the controller and she started playing and it was really fun watching her that's also
1: upset that i didn't i didn't want to see that video
0: and then um jack was like can i try <laughs> did and you send so, it to me today actually yeah
1: oh i just haven't opened it yet okay <laughs>
0: But yeah, so then Jack played it a little bit. Um, You know, they're basically running in one direction, and then like he's mashing A whenever enemies come up. But it was really cool. My kids playing King. I played. I started playing through Kingdom Hearts when I was, you know, in middle school. Yeah. You know, so like my kids sitting there talking about Kingdom Hearts, playing Kingdom Hearts. Ellie's like, Daddy, I love Sora. He, and then Jack's like, "Yeah, he's nice,
1: <laughs> raising your kids right it's about.
0: like it's a it's it was a it was a really cool moment and then when I got Ellie was like wanting to play it while I was working today, which I was working from home today, but I was like, well, when I get off work." I'll set it up and then you can play it. And she was just going and she found some uh lucky emblems today. She found some so I'm putting her to work in the lucky it's emblem. Like her own
1: little bot. Do yeah, I'm
0: putting her in the lucky oh, to work in the lucky emblem mine. And uh, <laughs> free child labor. <laughs> so uh, we'll get Oathbringer one way or another. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, that's fun. And then of course she wants to go back and play the others. Yeah. So But I I, uh, I did that was kind of a tangent but but it was a tangent I fully planned on going on, but as far as my thoughts on the end of the game, <laughs> it's a tangent, but one that I absolutely plan on doing. Uh, as far as my thoughts on the end of the game, it was a bunch of like great payoff, you know, for mm-hmm. the whole series. Mm-hmm. Uh, very you know, like um, I don't know, somewhat, somewhat tear jerking, you know, kind of moments with Roxas and Axel mm-hmm, getting. Mm-hmm. And I don't know all the storyline with that third girl, but I know that they were like that was a part of another game, yeah, where they were oh, all friends and stuff. Um. Ze- yeah, it's like Xeon or something yeah, like that. I do not know
1: how it's a- pronounced, but that's that. Yeah, that's that. Three hundred fifty-eight two days. Okay, they can't. Was name, on DS. They can't
0: name their games normal. Normal. Yeah, hundred fifty-eight over two days or something like that. Yeah. Um. But uh, you know, that was kind of the things. The things with with the the trio from Birth by Sleep. You know, um, the only thing I would say, and I've said I said to you, but I'll say on the podcast is. There was it, – it felt like they didn't know – for some reason, in the way they told the story, when these big, like, moments came of, like, payoff mm-hmm. of character development, characters getting reunited, it, they didn't feel super earned. Yeah. In the course of – and now, maybe they would have felt more earned if I would played, like, Birth by Sleep and stuff, but in the course of the – king in the containment of the Kingdom Hearts 3 story – you know, it didn't feel like the weight of Terra and Aqua and, like, Sora being invested in that those those relationships mm-hmm. didn't feel. Except, I mean, like, obviously the stuff with him and Riku and Kairi, that's the strongest stuff because yeah. they've been over through all these games. Yeah, that's been, that's been the main and, point in the, all three games. And Sora actually says at one point in the ending of, of the game, he's like, every time <laughs> I'm about to, like... Get to be with Kyrie, like she gets taken away from me, and that—that's like Dora. literally like what happens in all the games. Like he's literally chasing like Kyrie, sometimes Riku and Kyrie, but m- mainly Kyrie getting yeah. taken or something happened to her, almost like a you know, almost like Princess Peach and Mario. <laughs> 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 I, th- I literally thought of that, that too. A weird weird analogy. Like, oh, right. you're Mario. You're not wrong though. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now you know Mario feels it's but- conspiracy theory. Anyway, Sora is Mario. He is Japanese Mario. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mario is already Japanese. No,
0: he's Italian. <laughs> but
1: he's he's a is Mario a Japanese game? Yes, but he's Italian. I, yes, but okay, but it's, it's a me, Mario. Is Sora Japanese?
0: I don't know. He's he's probably Rosharan. He's Destiny. He's Destinar, Destiny?
1: Destinarian. Oh, from, from Destiny, Destiny Islands.
0: Islands.
1: Just, yeah. Maybe so he's, oh, he's Rosharan. <laughs> I feel like he'd fit more in the uh
0: Skalat, Skalat. Skadrill. Sk- uh, Sk- Skadrill, mis-
1: mis- yeah. World.
0: But anyway, so I mean, I, overall, I enjoyed the game a lot. I got really into Kingdom Hearts. Like, it made me really nostalgic for Kingdom Hearts. Makes, makes me want to play the other ones with the kids. Um, I just think may- maybe the development of it, I know because it, de- it was under development for like a decade. Yeah, a so I, I think that maybe because of that, the story um, – it you know it made it hard maybe for them to just go back and just rehaul over overhaul everything multiple times and and made it maybe made it harder to piece that story it, like really it felt like the whole game was about getting to that last world and all those all that payoff and it was like they didn't know how to get there and to leave the breadcrumbs to make you really understand why it was really matter and important yeah
1: but, I mean I I um, liked.
0: But maybe like once again, I haven't played a lot of the side games, and that could you told me that that's a big part of it. I mean, yeah, well, probably the, well, the side games are, are just such a big part of the story.
1: I mean, you probably wouldn't you wouldn't even know half the characters if you didn't know the side story or play the side games to an extent. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you'd, you'd have heard about them from the main games, but you wouldn't really know them. Right? Like, you wouldn't know the three from Birth by Sleep unless you played Birth by Sleep. You wouldn't right. have that connection to them. Uh, my biggest my my main issue with Kingdom Hearts that I remember it's been a bit since I played it, because I played it when it first came out. Um, but my big issue was was the they took out.
0: Oh, all yeah. of the final yeah, fantasy final and I, fantasy. I, this will
1: be like a. i just will uh, yeah. I'll talk about it for a minute, is that they took out all the final fantasy cat uh, characters and one and two they were main characters. i mean yeah. they were they were friends of sora they were pretty main characters that had a pretty pivotal point in
0: the story and in kingdom hearts 3 they're not even there
1: and i feel like and i think you you mentioned this uh, yeah i
0: noticed that the other at the end of the game i was like you know that's one thing that's like big gaping hole yeah and you had mentioned
1: you mentioned the other day that like maybe it's because they just they're adding so many cast already right from like with with the three from Birth by Sleep, and then Roxas and all them, and Axel, and just adding a lot of people, and yeah. plus all the the Xehanorts and ugh, oh yeah, you know all that. Um Yeah, but still, it's just like it, I I actually mem- I, I specifically remember playing that game. And being like, oh man, I, I wish I'd see Leon or Cloud or right, you know, yeah, Aerith or Yuffie or whatever, you know. It's just and you just you don't see him and it just it's a little slightly disappointing, you know. I mean, yeah. it is what it is, and I still I love all the the character like the main like the character like Axel and. And, you know, all them, but it was a little disappointing not seeing them because you've been, you know, for the first two games, they were pretty big parts. I love going back and playing Kingdom Hearts 1 and seeing Leon for the first time. Well,
0: that's literally the pitch of the literally the pitch of Kingdom Hearts is Final Fantasy and Disney. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, it kind of lost one of the legs of of what Kingdom Hearts has been. Um, It seems like maybe was there Final Fantasy characters in Birth by Sleep? Because I, no. I don't remember seeing them, and I kind of feel like maybe they were starting to, like, drift away from them. No, I don't – there might be one, but I don't know if he's a Final
1: Fantasy character or not. Okay. Otherwise, no. Um,
0: but not, like, the usual cast or whatever. Like yeah, but you, gotta, I mean, but you gotta think it's – It's kind of a prequel, like, too. Like,
1: yeah, berba Sleep's a prequel.
0: Yeah. Um, so, who knows what those characters were up to and doing back then. And it's just,
1: like, they also – it's just kind of different the side stories, too, because you're not playing as Sora – Right. Or Riku or any of them. So you're not, not you're not you know, you don't have that connection to Leon and all of them. Whereas like with Kingdom Hearts right. three, like once again through one and two, you have a connection with Leon with Yuffie with and all them, and so you don't have when you know when they're no longer for some reason they're not there and it's not even mentioned, it's kinda weird.
0: They the the name of your boat on Pirates of the Caribbean, your ship on Pirates of the Caribbean is Highwind. Interesting. Isn't it?
1: What if I didn't name my boat Highwind in Kingdom Hearts One?
0: Oh, I forgot you could choose your your name? Actually, <laughs> what, I don't even think. What did you? Name I actually it? don't even
1: think. I think Riku's trying to name it Highwind, right? And you name it something else. You you're
0: trying to name it something else, and like the, I, the, the pre pre made word is Excalibur or something like that. I'm almost. certain. I, I definitely named it Highwind, and maybe I named it Highwind because I was playing through. Final now your VII? gummy ship is high. Is the first gummy I mean. ship you?
1: Oh, the gummy ship. Oh, I was talking about like the raft you make on Destiny. Oh <laughs>
0: no 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 no! I was thinking of the gummy ship. Oh yeah, the first gummy ship like that was like an and I mean like the, your gummy ship. But that's, like, a reference to – because, like, gummy ships were – in Kingdom Hearts 1, you went to Sid, um, mm-hmm. for your gummy ship. You know, you still have gummy ships in Kingdom Hearts 3, but there's no Sid, mm-hmm. And you, they're still called the Highwind, but there's no Cid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you named your ship. So, I, I and that made me think of – I think that's why I thought of the Final Fantasy characters is because when you get your Keyblade from Pirates of the Caribbean, when you form change, you it's called – the form change is called High Wind, and I was like, oh, yeah. Huh,
1: I didn't notice Final that. Final Fantasy
0: characters, like, aren't in here. Because in Final Fantasy 7 your airship you get is, is called the High Wind that Sid flies. That's kind of the reference there. But anyway, so some Kingdom Hearts three thoughts. Yeah, I'm sure
1: we'll have a lot more to say on that. But we yeah. could sit here for hours talking about it, so we'll, we'll save it for later. Cool. Well, you ready to
0: yeah, we're take a small little break? Take a break, and we're going to try something when we get back.
1: Yes, we'll find out when we get Stick back. Stick
0: around. <laughs> and we're back with what do we got here, Jeremiah? We What'd got you get ourselves for us? some from Ingle
1: Brewery banana bread beer. It was a malt Ooh. beverage brewed with bananas and with banana flavor added. Salt today was super curious. We had to try it.
0: So the uh image we got here is a banana that's been peeled open and out of it is coming a beer.
1: Yeah, exactly. So for
0: your visual visualization of what we're drinking. Here I'll I'll read this says
1: fresh bananas pack a whole bunch of aromas, while rich malty hops deliver a seriously fruity flavor, all perfectly balanced by a masterful blend. Malt beverage brewed with bananas and banana
0: flavor added. Banana flavor added. So Open it up and let's try it. They didn't just blend a banana in. It's just <laughs>
1: pulpy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, uh... I'm a big banana fan, especially like Banana ice creams or banana milkshakes, banana I, breads. I
0: definitely like banana. I'm a banana fan. Let's
1: give it a little smell. Smells like beer.
0: Smells like a beer with a hint of banana,
1: maybe? Maybe. I don't know. You ready to
0: try it? I'm ready. let Bottoms ready. up. Ready? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Huh. That is, hmm, interesting. I think it's delightful. I think we say interesting a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's, that's why I use the word delightful. It's just splendid.
1: It has that. um, It's not
0: really like a beer. You normally is a really kind of hard hitting. Acidic almost. Taste immediately. And this is like very light. Very easy. Yeah. And then you get the banana really, really Yeah. It tastes kind of
1: like if you had like a banana milkshake with like the vanilla flavoring instead of real bananas. It's good. I think it's
0: good. It's, it's, it's a little bit weird. I feel like my, my senses are a little, like, weirded out by the sensation of my tongue, you know, uh, coming from a banana flavor, like the, you know, the carbonation on the – it's like the edges of my tongue, like the carbonation it feels weird on. But it definitely is kind of what you would ex- – what you hope when you're, like, something flavored beer, you would hope – you hope that it will taste, you know, I- like – the thing it says it's going to taste like. So. Not the
1: most amazing thing in the world, but I mean, I would drink it again. And I'm glad because I have a six-pack in the fridge.
0: <laughs> yeah, you better. It's definitely not nasty. No, not at all. It's, just, it's, so, it's, a decent, it's decent. Get your banana bread beer from Eagle Brewery. Today. This is not sponsored. <laughs> <This> <laughs> Unless is... you want to sponsor us. Yeah, Eagle Brewery, <laughs> if you uh, <laughs> work got a deal, we might drink another one of your beers. Maybe the apple bread beer. Apple bread.
1: Apple pie beer. Apple pie beer. There
0: you go. That Ooh,
1: Caleb brought that apple pie uh, moonshine. Yes. Last time I played D&D, that was pretty good. Y'all, that was strong,
0: but it was good. It was, yeah. But we all handled it responsibly.
1: Absolutely not. Of course <laughs> we
0: did. We're all adults here. Right.
1: Sometimes. I mean, we're adults, adults. are always responsible. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it means to be an adult. <laughs>
0: Anyway, <laughs> we're good at being adults. All right. So what do you have on your mind, Jeremiah, that you'd like to talk
1: about? Well, I, as we all know, I've been slowly making my way for, through uh, Rhythm of War. And by slowly, I mean very slowly.
0: Rhythm um, of m- War. What is that?
1: Uh, the fourth book in the Brandon Sanderson Stormlight Archive.
0: That you all should have read by now.
1: Um, yeah, don't be <laughs> like me. Don't go to school. Just read Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> don't better yourself. Um, but, yeah, so I've been, I've been reading that. Um, and so I, I just got to the end of Act 2. I think it was Act 2.
0: Um, what happens? What happens there?
1: Oh, I don't know if I want to spoil it. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> what should we talk about? Uh, well, it's it's. Uh, – I'm trying to um, – hmm. Die hard and you were through. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, as Josh so aptly described it. Anyway, I was reading, and it is a section where, if anybody knows Caledon, he's very he's Sad. got an, he's got an interesting view.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: On on everything, he because he he is he grew up as a surgeon. He grew up as a surgeon's son. And grew up learning surgery, and he kind of almost, in a sense, became, through that, became, when he became a soldier, almost like a combat medic. He knew how to mm-hmm. heal, but he also was willing to inflict damage on someone to protect those. You know, yeah. He's very much the philosophy of, sometimes you need to hurt someone else to protect the good people. Right. Or your friends, or your family, you know. Um, but then you have his father, who is full-on surgeon, and he has a very different philosophy. Right. Um, he believes very much, and it, it is very pointedly point out in this in this book. Um, he believes a lot that you should not fight, even if you are being attacked. Is right. almost the vibe that you get from him. You know, almost to the point of saying it. Um, you know, he so he very much disagrees with Kaladin. He says, as surgeons, we should never cause harm. We should only fix harm. Yeah. Um, and, it's just, and so just as I've been reading it, it specifically came up in this in that last in that last uh, chapter of Act 2. And I'll actually, let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, yeah. This okay. part that kind of hit my head. Um, it says, says Liren stopped in the hallway. I thought we discussed this already, Son. He says, and Kaladin says, you think I can ignore the fact that the enemy has conquered my home? Kaladin said, you think you can just turn me into a good, well-behaved, slaved-like? Liren goes, like me? Uh, Liren asked with a sigh. His eyes flicked up, likely noting the brands on Kaladin's forehead mostly covered by his hair. What would have happened, son, if instead of trying so hard to escape all those years, you'd instead proven yourself to your masters? What if you'd shown them you could heal instead of kill? How much misery would you have saved the world if you'd used your talents instead of your fists? You're telling me to be a good slave and do what I'm told? I'm telling you to think, his father snapped. I'm telling you that if you want to change the world, you have to stop being part of the problem. Learn conned himself with obvious difficulty making fists and breathing deeply. Son, think about what all those years spent fighting did to you, how they broke you. Calden looked away, not trusting himself to answer. Now, Liren said, think about these last few weeks, how good it felt to be helping for once. There is more than one way to help. And your nightmares, Liren asked, the cold sweats, the times where your mind numbs. Was that caused by my kind of help or your kind? Son, our mandate is to find those who are hurt, then see them cared for. We can do that even if the enemy has conquered us.
0: Yeah.
1: Um... So yeah, I don't know, just reading that That's and, a perspective, and, and it's, yeah. and it's it, it, it pops up a lot so far in these last two acts between Kaladin and Liren, uh, Liren, Liren is Kaladin's father. Um, and it just kind of got me thinking, you know, because I've had conversations like that with people. Um, I, at one point, wanted to go into the military, was, wanted to do specifically pair rescue, which for those who know is, is basically special forces, but they're also, their main, their main focus is actually uh, search and rescue as well as uh, their their combat medics. Um, so very much sim- similar to Kaladin, you know, the the, the the soldier on top of the healer. Mm-hmm. um, And there are people that disagree with that. There are people that believe that if you're a healer, you should only heal. Um, a yeah. good example of this in history is the guy from Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. Who was a conscientious ab- objector. Pull up his name. Um,
0: but yeah. yeah. He, conscientious
1: he, objector did not want to take up arms, but still wanted to be in the war because he felt like he could do good by healing.
0: Yeah, he wanted to, you know, he had, you know, he wanted to... His name is Desmond Doss, Desmond mm-hmm. T. Doss, mm-hmm. and he um, he didn't want to say, I'm a conscientious, conscientious objector, and so don't send me to war. He said, I want to serve. I want to help, and I believe mm-hmm. I can help by being a medic. Just don't make me carry don't a make, gun. Yeah, exactly. Because that's just a – print. I, 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 he didn't want that temptation in his hands, basically. I think most people probably would be from the perspective of – um, maybe Kaladin or maybe the, the people, his, uh, superior officers in, uh, in Desmond Doss's superior officers in the army in, during World War II. It's like, are you serious? Like, this is, this is crazy. If someone's trying to kill you or if someone's trying to kill someone you love, if someone's trying to invade your country, you know, whatever, you got to pick up a gun. You got to, you got to do something about it. And there's almost like a scoffing about this kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. And I understand it, and I and I don't necessarily hold that perspective. But the principled, the principled um, stand and action of Desmond Doss and the bravery in the end, the people that were mocking him, they weren't bra- brave enough to do what he was doing. They weren't brave enough to go cl- climb back up the you know the cliff when everybody mm. else had been evacuated mm. off, and he goes up there without a weapon. Mm. And he goes up there and he starts pulling guys down, enemy and and mm-hmm. his own allies, and starts doing everything he can to save them. Mm-hmm. And literally praying, you know, Lord, just let me get one more. I mean, they were in awe of him in, in, the, in the movie. And I think the movie has a very accurate portrayal of, of what happened. Actually, it's, it even leaves some things. There's, I read some things that I don't remember them all, but I read some things after I saw that movie. There were some even crazier mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. that happened in his time in the army as a medic that he did that they couldn't even put in put the in, movie yeah. it just like they couldn't put everything in there and so hey, it's all like you
1: need to do is go go read his uh the dictation of his Medal of Honor right because this is a Medal of Honor recipient yeah um go read it uh it's pretty astounding what this man did uh, without firing a single bullet yeah um and that's but that's that's the thing about about Desmond Doss too compared to like say Learn is they kind of hold to a similar viewpoint in the sense of like I don't want to cause any more harm. I am a healer and I should be a healer. Yeah. Um, but Desmond didn't ignore the fact that evil still exists in the world. Sometimes I get yeah. the vibe from Liran that he's just like, whether they're my slave or they're whether I'm they're my master or they're not or they're an enemy or not. It doesn't matter to me as long as I just do whatever. Yeah. No, Desmond Doss was very adamant on being like, no, these I think this is evil and this is wrong. I just don't want to perpetuate that evil by killing more people. Yeah. Um and but he he still had the courage to go out there and fight on the side of, you know, the Americans and on on the the yeah.
0: uh, Right, he didn't say I'm not going to pick a side. Which yeah. is kind of where Liren was. Which is where
1: Liren is kind of seems to be at. I think
0: I think you know for Liren, uh, the, some of that perspective comes out comes from a very, you know, realistic survival that he's having I mean, he 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 Liren grow grew up or, you know, existed in this class-based system mm-hmm. in this fantasy world, Roshar, where the color of your eyes determine your rank in society. And so he has dark colored eyes. And even though he's descended, he's there. Le- I forget what Don that they, they have. Like he was a
1: little bit higher, but Don, yeah. Like ones.
0: there, there is some nobility meaning light eyed blood, uh, somewhere in his family line, but, um, you know, not enough for him to still be, uh, under the, uh, Orders and authority of, of light eyed people, and so for him, you know, he basically was li- in a way living as if he was under some type of slavery or whatever his whole entire life, because he's has to serve the light eyes, you know, just like all dark eyes do. Then they're not like they're not literally slaves, but they're the no, the you know it's like a feudal system where the um. The light eyes are the lords, so if they tell you to do this, you got to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't. They're not literally enslaving you, but at times they can. And if you get a if you get a the wrong person and oh, oh, the wrong lord over your town, then like they did eventually. Mm-hmm. But the way he he chose and and view the way he was able to figure out how to survive that was not taking sides and just saying I just want to help. I just want to. Put people back together. Mm. I wanna help I don't care if you're a light eyes and you're horrible to me, I will, you know, operate on your children. I don't care if you're a dark eyes and you have nothing. I don't care if you're a um, a Parshman, which was, was literally a slave. And um, so that's because he had survived that way, it was like I'm surviving, I'm also not doing anything dishonorable or killing anyone so it just seemed to him if i have to survive if there's nothing i can really do to turn change this system and make it better at least i can do something that's not a part of the ne- the badness of the system and so that's where he was at
1: yeah and i mean to an extent i understand the, the thought process of you know because like he was very you know he's very big on i'm just whoever whoever comes to me whether they're good or bad i'm going to heal them Mm-hmm. And as someone who works in the medical field as an EMT, we are going to be a paramedic. I understand that there. I have worked on many. I have worked on at least a few, probably a few criminals at this point. Um, people that maybe aren't good people mm-hmm. um, as well as just good people, you know, and, and people of all different, you know, ages, sexes, races, everything like that. In, in that field, you can't be partial. You know, I can't be like, oh, this guy's a criminal, so I don't want to work on him. No, if he's right. injured, you do it. You, you put aside your, your own prejudices, your own whatever, if you have any, or or I mean, we all do at one point, but you put up, put aside your own issues of whatever and you work on that person because it's a human being. You know, so I get that. Right. The, the problem that, that, that irritates me as far as Leering goes, though, and what has been bothering not bothering me, but like, I just, it's just don't necessarily believe in neutrality, mm. if that makes sense. Um, I believe at one point or another in our lives, we have to take a stand for something Yeah, and you can't just always play the neutral ground because that's not going to get you anywhere.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's, he's viewing it as he is taking a stand and his stand is choosing not to stand on either side and basically say, this is the place I wish more people would come stand. And so that's where he's looking at it, you know? He's basically, you know, voting third party. (laughs) Yeah, but he's also, but but
1: like, you know, even the thought process of like, I'm taking the stand where more people should take the stand. Right. It's like, I, I, once again, I agree with it. And and ultimately, if we all did that, and if, if more people were like that, it'd be great. But in the real world, it's not like that. Right. You know, so like, at what point, at what point do you say, no, enough's enough. I'm not gonna let my friends and family die. You yeah. know, I mean, there's a specific part where, yeah. where where Kaladin's friend is about to get taken. You don't know he's going to live, don't know he's going to die, don't know what's going to happen. Kaladin decides, no, I'm not going to sit here and stand by idly. I'm going to stop it. And he does. And Lirin gets mad at him for it.
0: Well, because, yeah, because um, he has to kill someone. Because he has to
1: kill He has to kill yeah. someone for it to do it. Um, Then this person is technically would be considered evil in the moment. You know, that that person is is a bad guy. He's trying to take Kaladin's friends. So Kaladin is protecting his family, who he sees as his family. But Lirin basically is, is aggressively upset with, with Kaladin about it. Yeah. Where do you make the stand? You know, if not for your family, if not for your friends, if you're not protecting them, what, what are you going to stand Would you let your, mm-hmm. you know, I just think like, like real life wise, like would I let someone come into my house and take my wife from me, mm-hmm. absolutely not. Right. You know? Um, and I think sometimes that's a hard decision to make and it can be, especially depending on your beliefs. But, but ultimately once again, I don't, I don't necessarily agree. I don't, I don't think at all times you can be neutral.
0: Well, and it's different. I mean, it's a different scenario too. I mean, he's talking about. I mean, even though he, he, I'm sure he'd be. Pr- he, it seems to me he would be principled. Uh, you know, he's so convinced by uh, uh, about his meth, his like the way he handles things. He's so convinced that that's the best way to do it, that I think in almost any scenario, he would stick to that. Whether Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, this is a situation where you got enemy combatants, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got a war going on, but if someone were, if it was a criminal and there was someone come break into his house, I'm sure he would take the same stance of, look, what do you need? Take whatever you need. We're, we're, you know, we're not going to fight back. The problem is, you know, eventually, eventually you're going to meet someone someone's going to, maybe not you, you know, it's possible for someone to go about their life and maybe not encounter this type of person, but eventually you're going to meet someone who does mean malice and harm. And it doesn't matter that you're willing to operate on them. It doesn't matter. You're willing to help them because they're injured or whatever. Uh, they're going to help your army. Like in this case, there's this, this tower has been invaded and there's enemy combatants inside and there's Kaladin is loose in the, in the tower and he's, Kind of making mayhem. Uh,
1: well, Kaladin was making mayhem. He kind of stopped.
0: Okay.
1: Well, actually, no. He he never actually made. Now that I think about it. He didn't actually make mayhem. He actually listened. His father basically talked him out of it. Because he, said, cause he was, Kaladin was getting ready to fight back, and his father was like, "What do you? What do you, basically? What do you expect to do? You're a one person.
0: Right. This isn't the
1: right way. We stay calm. We we you know what go from there. And I think that was the way of trying to calm Kaladin down. Ultimately, yeah. he got pushed to the point though because once again, tough. Kaladin's yeah. friends was was being was about to be taken and that pushed Calden to the edge of making a decision of do I sit here and play and do I sit here and watch idly as they take my friend or do I stand up and fight? Yeah. And ultimately Calden made the decision. The decision that his heart led him to. Um and I don't know if I could fault him for making that decision. Yeah. Um I don't I I'd probably depend on the situation, make the same say make, make
0: the same situ- uh decision, you know? Yeah. It just depends. Well it raises good it definitely raises a good question. And I think that, you know, I think that 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 question. I think that that question is addressed in you know the what what happens in the course of the book. I does I do think in, addresses that question in interesting ways. Of there is some validity to Lyran's point of view for sure. Um, there's also I think definitely a point where you have to realize that you have to decide w- w- you know what you believe, what mm-hmm. you're going to trust. And what you can live with. I mean, mm-hmm. and for Liren, you know, he could live with the possibility. He, he could he could live with the possibility yeah, that oh yeah. they do mean harm and that they will harm Teft. Like, uh, Kaladin's friend, he could live with that possibility. Because of this principle and because he feels like it would be violating something so serious and so much worse if he were to violate that principle. That's mm-hmm. just where Liren is. Um, and then whereas Kaladin... He has a different set of principles. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally he has sworn an oath. Mm -hmm. I will protect those who cannot protect themselves. And what that means, surely, you know, that means you can be a surgeon and you can operate on people, but it also means if, if they're viewing, I mean, they view the Knights radiant. Teft is a Knights radiant. They view him as a enemy combatant. And so they're not going to let Kaladin watch over him and work on him. And, um, so Kaladin, you know, makes that decision, and it's definitely a very interesting pull between Liren and Kaladin, and it's definitely interesting how Brandon Sanderson let those different different viewpoints come to a head in the in the book and with the situation that's going on. So
1: yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely interesting. It definitely brings you know begs the thought. You know, there's a lot to think about on that on that topic. Even in real, even in like real world understanding you know um i don't know just reading it just it had me thinking liren's been irritating me in in the book yeah in a good way like i, I love the, i love him as a character because he does
0: creates that conflict he, he
1: does create that conflict and he does bring up i mean to an extent a good question i disagree with him on a lot on, on some things like you know like in that specifically in that passage i read he kind of was talking telling the count about how you know what, what would have happened if instead of trying to escape from being a slave you just stayed a slave yeah and she's like well and it's just an interesting thing to think about it's just like oh well, should you just stay that slave Should you do? you know, live that life yeah. in a way. And, and you know, and I guess, I don't know, it's just an interesting thing, especially when it comes into like different belief systems, you know, and what you believe about right. things. And, and, you know, as being a Christian, that's an interesting question. I've had a couple, I've had a conversation with a kid once who specifically asked basically, because I was, I was part of a group and we we were like, so I was going to the military. So I was with a group that was, that was very much into all that. And the kid basically has a question of just like, you know, why would you hurt someone even if, even if you're defending yourself or someone else? And I said, well, why, why would I let this person, Attack family or friends, you know. Mm. And he says, you know, it kind of brought up things, which was like, well, didn't you know? Didn't Jesus say turn the other cheek and
0: stuff like that? And yeah, which you know, turn the other cheek is talking about
1: something different.
0: Yeah, so um, I'm talking about like a, more of like an insult than uh yeah, someone like trying to kill you or someone else. But but, uh, but yeah, so, well, but there's other stuff too. I mean, there's there's there are you know definitely questions to consider. I think that people should should definitely look at. You know, if you're Christian, look at scripture and and just consider. Don't not just dismiss just because of your own your own logic, you know. Um, but actually, you know, study scripture if 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 those are questions you have and and come to a uh, because I th- I think that um, you know scripture does give enough uh, give enough to speak to that in a way that you know doesn't allow doesn't allow for for someone to just overlook. You know, horrible, horrible, evil. You mm-hmm. know, and just let it reign and rule. You know, so. But
1: it's interesting, and I know, even my dad's. I know my dad's had the the thought same same thing as Lee Desmond because My dad was in the military for thirty years, and when he first was joining, he had the the inter, He told me he's had the internal conflict of he struggled with being a conscientious objector. If that's mm-hmm. what he should do, ultimately he landed on no. I I I should be able to carry a gun. I can carry a gun, and I believe in, within my with with scripture would would stand by me on that. Yeah. Um. You know, but it is something my dad's talked about how he's he's had that internal conflict as well. You know, Cause this we were talking about this when that the Hacksaw Ridge came out. Um, so it's just an interesting thing, and like I said, this, just, just reading through it and hearing learn, you know, it does. I don't know, it was just an interesting thought to to talk about, and yeah. I wanted you know I wanted to talk about it.
0: Just throw, I'm gonna throw a random Tolkien quote in here. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> well, it's not random because it's relevant. But the character of Faramir in the uh, in the books, he uh, he says. I I do not love the sword for its brightness or the bow for its swiftness. I only love that for which they defend something like that. I'm not quoting that perfectly, but still to pull that quote out. Dang. So for Faramir, and I think, you know, for someone who would make the argument, it's not about enjoying it, approving of it. Um, And definitely that was a, a perspective of Tolkien. You don't go searching for war, you Mm -hmm. shouldn't be going and starting wars. But when you're talking about defensive wars, when you're talking about defending the innocent and a very, you know, chivalric medieval uh, concept of of knights, you know, defending the innocent and, and all that, that it's not about, you know, I love that this sword, what this sword can do, the damage it can do, or I can love how, you know, this arrow, what I can do with a bow and arrow, how I can really do damage with a bow and arrow but it's about the the things that that those actions are defending you know mm-hmm. the people that that uh they're saving you know so <clears throat> that was a you know i just think that's that's a maybe a relevant other fantasy perspective Well it's
1: definitely it's definitely it. a good quote and i mean and with i think ultimately if you if you are in the situation where you are where you've come to enjoy the act right. of fighting killing. and or killing or something like that. Even if you, even if it started out with an, an technically a righteous way of protection, but you've come to enjoy it, you've lost the point. You shouldn't want to fight or hurt because you enjoy it. You should do it for defense. Yeah. You know, it should be your last resort. That's huh? interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see where, yes, if it goes anywhere else in, in with them before, how that more interactions with Liren and Kaladin, mm-hmm. I do like their interactions. I do. I, I really like, I, I, I disagree to an extent with Liren.
0: it needed to happen though. But yes, and yes like they needed to come to this point where they actually
1: had that little climax. Lirin
0: really has this, you know, what Kaladin's become shoved in his face now, mm-hmm. and they're and they're close enough in proximity that they have to address it. You know, Kaladin's like, "I'm trying to save you too," you know, and his dad's like, "I don't want to be saved," you know. Mm-hmm. So it's in in true Brandon Sanderson fashion. It's kind of building that tension.
1: It's good. I mean, I love it. I love reading it. And it, the thoughts that you, you know, just the thoughts that make a lot of Brandon here, a lot of his books do that, where they have certain different quandaries in it that really make you think. And
0: I think yep. that's why he's such a good writer. And I love that he uses fantasy to, to, to speak it. He literally has a quote uh, in Way of Kings. Wit says that a storyteller is not supposed to tell you what to think, but give you questions to ponder. Huh. So that literally was him, like, kind of tipping his hand for what he does when he writes, is trying to...
1: I have just deduced that Brandon Sanderson is Wit.
0: Literally. Um, wit is wit real. Is, wit
1: is just telling all the stories that he is right. Brandon Sanderson is Wit, and he's telling all the... St- right now, writing down all the stories like, that Wit he is seen.
0: more real than Brandon Sanderson. I believe it. <laughs> has like, anyone
1: ever seen Wit and Brandon Sanderson in the same room together? I don't think I, so. I do not think so, so...
0: When Brandon Sanderson is writing, he disappears into the book...
1: He lives the stories. And
0: the the words just appear on the page as Wit <laughs> is telling them.
1: Wit's anyway. uh, such a cool character. We yes. need to, we're need we going to have a whole episode specifically on Wit.
0: Yes. He's a witty character. All right. Well,
1: uh, should we leave it there? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Tune in next time and we'll discuss some more fantasy sci-fi stuff. And we are officially, as of this, this episode, our first episode is live. Yes. We, we uh... We flipped the switch. (laughs) It's
1: finally done. Yeah. Hopefully people enjoy it. I hope you guys do. Come check it out. We do have uh, an Instagram, uh,
0: bridge underscore of underscore two spelled out, T W O, And bridge of two at gmail.com. Send us if you have uh, things you'd like to hear us talk about. Questions. Questions. Uh, We will not tell you our last names. Disagree. (laughs) If you have disagreements, if you are very upset by something we said, please let us know and maybe we'll mention it or not <laughs> or not. Or maybe we will. Yeah. We you can check out bridge of com as well. That will just take you to our podcast page that has like links to all the different platforms we're on. So you can get to them from there and, and there'll be the episodes as they air will be in on that page. So, yeah, subscribe and subscribe where you get your podcasts and Apple Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify, Amazon those, Music, Amazon Music, YouTube, YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. Has it,
1: have you launched that yet? Yeah, it's been launched. It I did. couldn't find it earlier.
0: So well, yeah, something about I think new. I googled this actually because I was like, if I type in Bridge of Two. I can't find the channel.
1: Yeah, I typed it in and it gave me a video about bridges.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing about naming it, Bridge too. it's a lot of bridge videos. But I think that, you know, I think part of it is because it's a new channel that it's not as indexed or something like that. Something, understandably, it, something technological. But if you've actually, if you search the name of the episodes, that those actually come up a lot better. So, like, the first episode is a far, far away bridge. So if you type that into YouTube, you, you should be able to find our uh, first episode if that's i mean i mean if that's the only way you can yep, there get it is. the yeah if that's the only way you can get the episode then definitely do it but otherwise it'll probably be easier to find us on a podcast service like apple or spotify um those come up pretty good from what i remember all right well this has been bridge of two a far far away bridge <laughs> There's a book about we're taking this colors bridge and off road. Yeah, this bridge is taken off road today. <laughs> what were you saying? About it's gonna be a bumpy bridge ride. <laughs> so buckle up on the bridge. Anyway. <laughs>